Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Service Monster Podcast. I'm your host today, Joe Kowalski, CEO of Service Monster, in case you forgot. And I've got Adam, Michael, and Mary with us today. We're going to be chatting about Service Monster 6, uh, the, the customer lifecycle. We're going to touch real quick on the new account management screen, Dante Joe Post. And we're going to talk about the symposium, which is coming up December 10th, 11th, and 12th. It's a virtual live event, and we'll dive into that deeper. But before we get into all that, Adam, what are we talking about today? Yeah, so kind of like you mentioned, we we had some discussion. Uh, we've talked about lead acquisition before. We've talked about general marketing, various marketing kind of campaigns and things that you guys can do. Uh, we've talked about some of the feature sets inside Service Monster to help you with this. And we kind of just were thinking like, you know, it's probably not a bad idea to have a conversation about the life cycle in general um, from start to finish because it's it's not – you know, it, it's a very continuous thing if you're not paying attention. Um, and it's it's important to make sure, well, I guess I don't want to spoil and get too far ahead of ourselves here. Um, but if, if you were to just look up lifecycle management, there's actually a few different varieties and it also depends on your industry. So don't get kind of caught up with, you know, a SaaS or, or software-based kind of lifecycle. It's slightly different, right? Same, same idea, um, but just kind of one of those things if you guys are looking this up. But uh, let's just kind of, go through these, Joe, and kind of chat about each of them and kind of how Service Monster can help with that and so forth. So the first step is going to be reach or awareness, depending on how you kind of want to describe that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's the front of your pipeline, right? Because um, what we want to do here is we want the 10,000 foot view, bringing in leads and acquiring an audience or, um, for lack of a better term, right, a, a, a prospect pool that you can reach out to on a regular basis, whether it's an email list or social media, or maybe you're maintaining an audience through value content like Service Monster does. Um, once they come into the fold though, and they're actually interested in your service, having that conversation, that part of the sales process, fine, granted, uh, then they become a client. Awesome, transactional, right? Uh, you did a job, they paid you. Too many service providers end it there. And I am well-documented talking about how you should be focused on a client retention strategy. And so part of that is understanding your full client's life cycle because they're going to come in, they're going to pay for your services, and you can then establish a better relationship with them, which will do a handful of things for you. If, if you've been in business, let's say, longer than four years and referrals is not the largest lead acquisition source you have, you're doing something wrong. Like brush your teeth, take a bath, wash your truck, smile more, be professional, stay in front of contact of your clients and make them cheerleaders for you. And you do that by understanding what their needs are. And so, yes, after the sale is great and you deposit that check, the first job is going to be your least profitable job. Those subsequent jobs from continual contact and improvement are going to be much more profitable because you're not spending the acquisition dollar, right? The money to get in the home. But in that case, it's just a retention budget, which is usually really small. I mean, even in the fill my schedule program that has an 800% ROI nationwide, if they don't come back to you, you're only going to spend about 10 bucks on them, right? So this is ridiculously less expensive to maintain your current client base and make sure they're coming back to you. But you can do that just by carpet bombing, or you could do that by understanding. 
And you understand by witnessing their behavior, your clients at scale, and maybe you're even separating that a little bit and looking at your top 10%, like take, take 10 of your favorite clients, right? The ones you've made the most money, the ones that have given you the least grief, the ones that appreciate you the most and ask yourself, do I understand them well enough to go get a hundred of them, a thousand of them? Um, and so when do they buy? What's important to them? What time of the year are they looking for cleaning services? Um, so that's what we mean by life cycle. The life cycle could certainly be short. You do the job, you get the check, and you that's the end of the life cycle, but that's not going to serve your business best. So we wanted to kind of go through this uh, and make sure that we're touching on those points and then relating it to whatever CRM you're using. We'll be specific with Service Monster uh, here in a little bit, but um, that that first step is big. So if you understand your clients and their life cycle and their needs, it gives you better tools to stay in front of them and build engagement and an audience of prospects that will then call you when they need the service. So that's what Adam's talking about with this engagement. It's, you know, this audience is building this local demographic of people who could purchase your services and delivering them something that captures their attention, whether it's an ad, whether it's value content uh, on social media, whether it's a email newsletter that you're doing direct mail campaign or what have you, that's kind of the spearhead. And we've talked a lot about the whole sales process. We've dedicated entire podcasts to it. So you can go look, look at those, but, um, that's just the first step of the process. Yeah. And so that we don't kind of skip anything. Um, like you said, we do have whole podcasts on lead acquisitions. So we're, we're going to kind of breeze through that a little bit more than we normally would have. But, um, just cause you've, you know, engaged them, found the right clientele and so forth. You still need to make sure that they get that action, that, that foot in the door so you can kind of grab them or the, the sand spider, uh, that I was talking to Michael and Skylar about earlier, kind of got to, got to trap them in there. Right. Um, and so this is somewhere maybe, maybe Michael can kind of jump in as far as getting, you know, driving them to something that gets them contacting you or for you to contact them. Yeah. I mean, um, most marketing these days, um, outside of referral marketing, like Joe was talking about, um, is going to be digital in, in most senses. And so you have to have strong call, uh, strong call to action on your website, in your marketing. Um, you know, that's how you get people to click. Um, I actually did a blog post, a, it was a reworking of an old one uh, a few months ago about uh, six essential elements of a cleaning business website. And uh, let me pull it up here, actually. They, um, that's and that's one of the main things like when you are a cleaning business when you are um trying to get people um to convert to actually become a paying customer um it's actually the first thing i put on that list was having a strong um call to action on your website it's a button a link um a contact form scheduling screen whatever um we've we've covered this type of stuff a lot before um so i probably don't need to go too much more into it but um yeah, that's, that's what you got to do. You got to make sure that um, you make it easy for them to contact you, make it easy for the prospects to get a hold of you, um, whether it's through phone call, email, direct message, whatever. Yeah, and just pointing out and reiterating the fact that phone numbers should be grossly apparent. I don't know how many service provider sites I go to and I don't know how to find the phone number. And you think, oh, I put it on my homepage, they'll find it. Like, no, that's not how this works. 
You have to make it dead dumb simple, you, almost to the point where they have to move the contact out of the way in some way. For instance, you want your call to action on your homepage of your website or the landing page that you're driving traffic through. You want that button and that phone number to be above the fold, both on your mobile device and on your desktop. Don't make them scroll. Don't make them scroll. Don't make them hunt. Make it super apparent. Make it big and bold. Click here. Buy now. Fill out this form. Schedule an appointment. Whatever you want to call it. But it's got to be that call to action super apparent above the fold. It's got to be greasy. The whole process has got to be so fluid and smooth and no friction. Anytime you have friction in that process, you're going to drop off. You're going to drop people off. They won't go through. And it, it might be minor. It might be only 10%. That can be 10%. Those people could have bought. Those people could have engaged your services. They need you. They're going to bounce to somewhere else. So make it super, super duper easy. Um, and also make sure you're hooking up this stuff to your CRM. You know, you don't necessarily, granted, if you're getting two leads a month from your website directly, yes, they, it could send you an email and you can handle it from there. But, you know, if you're doing this right, you should be getting a good portion of your leads direct through your website at all hours of the day. day. And so that information should be pumped directly into your CRM so you know what's going on. The information's there. You don't have to rekey it in, you know, avoid data entry mistakes and so forth. And you can do this in a number of ways. From Service Monster, you can use things like Zapier integration. We have a free web form that allows you to do basic scheduling and lead acquisition. You can hook up to third-party vendors like ResponsaBid and NiceJob. Um, to, for more complex selling process and, and maybe even an order form creation. So, um, if, if you don't have this stuff right now, like stop the video, stop the podcast, don't listen to us for the next half hour and go do that. Take that time to go do that. Yeah. Honestly, even just like you said, setting up a simple form that's, you know, name and basic content information and sending you an email. If you guys weren't doing anything, even that would give you a huge bump yeah. because we've talked about, you know, sort of that you need to, you need to pounce on that lead while it's hot. You do not want that sitting, you know, even more than 15 minutes sometimes like they could potentially be going somewhere else because they're probably shopping around. Um, especially if it's their first time, they're not really sure who, who, who they want to work with. Right. They're like, okay, I'll, I'll give this person a shot. You know, Becky downstairs said that they did a good job. So I'll, I'll try them out. Um, kind of things like that and that also kind of ties in it's like in this acquisition kind of conversion uh midway but make sure you guys are answering your phones or <laughs> or just oh, responding yeah. in general um we've talked about that ad nauseum i think we had one where joe just pretty much just blared that Goes out off. yeah <laughs> it's stupid like okay i get it we're salespeople, right so when we reach out to you fine but we've done experiments we've gotten local phone numbers like let's say seattle 206 and we'll make those phone calls. You don't know if we're a sales call or a follow-up call. The answer rate is 2% guys. Like think about that for a second. If all you do is regularly answer your phone and make yourself available, your prospects and clients, you are going to crush what everyone else is doing. Be available, be present, especially as a single owner operator. I get it. You don't want to pick up the phone while the truck is whirring in the background or Mrs. Jones is giving you the stank eye, right? Um, while you're handling business on her time. But let's face it. If you're not answering that phone, you're losing business and you're not responsive to your clients. Answer your damn phone. 
And this actually ties into last week with uh, pink collars on was you know if you're have if you're struggling with that transition into hiring a full-time office staff because that is you know a, a big jump joe's talked about numerous times your first couple of hires it's a little bit scary um you know there are these call centers out there that can help you kind of bridge that gap some are better than others um but you know they're there to help you make that transition and make sure that there's a warm body there you know, they don't have to know every single detail of the work like you do. I mean, you guys, some of you guys have been in business for 20, 30, 40 years. The amount of knowledge in your head about some of these, you know, kind of uh, obscure stains or how to, you know, um, so forth, how to handle some, you know, crazy delicate rug, you know, that's not going to be known by everyone. And you guys know that. And it's hard to sometimes let that up. But that's not what they need right away. They just need a warm body to answer and for you to give them kind of a, a path to get to you. Right. So then you can kind of show off that knowledge and skills that you guys have built up. So. So from there, um, a lot of you guys might be having kind of an in-person sales process as well. So, you know, they've you've required that lead. You've reached out to them. You set up an appointment. Maybe you have, you know, a, a, a quote kind of or on-site estimate beforehand because um, you, you're still not all the way there. You still need to, to convert. So let's kind of talk about that a little bit, Joe. I mean, conversion is the is the sale, right? It's the art of the sale. And so um, the first thing you're going to want to do is get a hold of them, have a conversation. Um, part of this process can be done through automation, especially off hours. Um, some of it can be done through companies like Pink Callers. And Adam says not all call centers are created equal. That's true. I would say not all call centers are created equal. And then there's Pink Callers. <laughs> Um, they just, Michelle does a phenomenal job at putting together teams that are going to re represent you well and um, do their best to convert those jobs for you. So once they're on the schedule for an actual work order, not an estimate, estimate is still part of the sales process. So if you're doing in-home estimates, you essentially have to close twice. The first close has to be getting the appointment for the estimate. And then the second close, of course, is getting the scheduled work to be done, done. Um, sometimes you can do that on the fly. Sometimes, you know, you may break up your team or have, um, not necessarily have time to do the job on the fly, but in any case, somebody is going to have to talk to someone about what they want to do when you can do it and get that job booked. Uh, and again, we've, we've talked about the sales process. We may want to dedicate a podcast to overcoming sales objections. Uh, that might be a, a good reference podcast and if you someone write that down this time so we don't lose it <laughs> we lost one last an idea last time but um it, it's just that dance right and and it's about being empathetic and knowing what their needs are but then holding your ground in making sure the scope of work and the value that you're delivering is recognized and don't be don't be catering to price shoppers don't you know come in when they're trying to guilt you into a discount um but you've got to bring the value. Don't exchange hours for dollars, right? Don't build yourself as a commodity uh, because look at in business and in life, speed is the name of the game. So don't penalize yourself for being really good at your job, um, which I see too many people doing. And uh, just learn how to overcome those objections to close the deal. And then they go on the schedule. It's pretty simple. There's actually one other important thing that seems super basic, but I have seen this many, many times um, in the onboarding process. <laughs> um, 
and they're not converted until you have the money in hand. Um, that's sometimes, especially on large kind of commercial bids and things like that. I've seen some unfortunate write-offs um, and things like that. And sometimes you even have to get, you know, legal things involved. But it's a really important thing to remember is, you know, if you're dealing with clients that are on net 30 or so forth, um, and you're building that relationship the first time, like make sure you're taking deposits, make sure that you understand your accounts receivable um, and, you know, the aging process of accounts receivable. You know, once it gets past 90 days, you're, the, uh, man, my my finance professor would hate me right now, but it's something like only like 10% uh, gets collected once it reaches past 90 days. Um, and so it's just kind of one of those things to be aware of. You want to make sure that you're, you're sticking on that. And if you're too busy, again, owner operators or someone who's a small business and you just find yourself, you know, and they'll mail it, you know, I'll, I'll send a billing statement here and there. I'm not really super organized about it or so forth. You know, it's just money that you've already done the work, you know, and you're not collecting on that. So just kind of one of those things. Definitely be aware of that and how to track, you know, aging balances and things like that. So, well, and the other good point to that is <clears throat> make it easy, make it easy. Look, I am guilty of this. I'm guilty of lagging on tasks that are hard and mundane. I hate it. Like hate it for me it's about you know i i don't distract i don't focus on the past it distracts from the now darling like you've got to focus on making it so easy that people like me won't procrastinate about it ain't about the fact that i don't got money in the bank to write you a check it's that i don't know where my checkbook is because i don't write checks it's not something that i do so if you force me to write you and mail you a check and snail, I don't even have any stamps. Do you have any idea how difficult that would be? First, I got to find a damn checkbook. Then I got to find stamps. And then I'm going to actually sit down and write this out by hand. Give me a break. Send me a link that allows me to go to a website, put in my credit card and be done and be done. Make it super dead dumb easy. And if you have people that aren't paying you, for whatever reason or the the credit card you know rejected or you find out this is what's bad about checks is you don't always find out they're not valid until like three or four days after you do the service checks are not good for this so if that happens you got to chase them down feel free to use every technique at your disposal and i will say that collections because i you know um was a technology advisor to collections departments in previous lives um it's really 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 important to stay on top of the people who you've connected with who said that they're going to pay you to then get that cash and a good modern day way to do it is text because they're you know when they're on the phone they're going to be embarrassed or they're going to be shameful and they're and, you know it's going to be they're not going to want to pick up the phone and if they haven't paid you they haven't paid other people which means when the phone rings it's going to be 50 percent collectors and they're just going to say nah i don't <laughs> i don't know that person they probably want money clothes but if you send them a text there's a, there's a bit of separation there. Number one, it says, I don't want to take your time, but I have to deliver you this message. And then the, oftentimes like, the guilt will make them, will prompt them into responding to you saying, yeah, I'm sorry. Let's get this taken care of or give me a couple days, whatever. So use every means at your disposal, but make the process super easy for them. And the last thing about that is we've mentioned this ad nauseum. It's sometimes it seems counterintuitive because, you know, every customer provides, you know, revenue for you, but there are customers that are worth firing. 
And if you have to constantly have, you know, have a write-off or you have someone who has written a bad check, you know, kind of the fool me once, you know, shame on you, fool me twice kind of thing. That's why we have alerts on, on the account memo, right? You can write notes like, hey, don't ever work with this client again. And like I mentioned before, don't delete them, right? Don't delete the number out of your phone book. Don't delete it out of it. You know, write yourself a note, mark them inactive. If they call again, if you get a ping on that address on the phone number or so forth, you have the information right there because you're not going to remember all of your clients when you start getting up into the thousands range. Maybe when you pull up to the house, you might, but not necessarily on the phone call. So, And I see this a lot in made services. Because um, let's say they get paid monthly or every visit or every two weeks, whatever the arrangement is. If you're supposed to have been paid, don't go back to the site and do more work. Don't do it. But I'm going to lose the client. You already lost the client because you're not getting paid. You're working for free. That's not a client. That's a bum. And you don't work for bums. So make that your stand. Mrs. Jones, you know, our appointment's tomorrow, but I can't come out. I can't send anybody out while you have a balance. So let's get that taken care of. That's it. And if she's like, oh, you know, I can't really do it. I'm like, okay, then we'll reschedule when you can. Let me know. And then fill that slot. This is why for maid services, maintaining a wait list is so important. It gives you power. It gives you control because then you can fire those bad acting clients, those shady people Right, the dude that hangs out in his bedroom too long while you're running around the house. It's not okay. And you should totally be able to feel comfortable with saying, I am not going back to that house and calling up the next person on your wait list to get that booked. It gives you the freedom to raise your prices because if you lose 10% of your clients, you can go to the wait list and get them to pay the new prices. And so maintaining an audience and maintaining a customer, customer life cycle and being in front of them and, and having people engaged, even if you're not doing work for them now, super duper important because it gives you control. I'm going to go off on a super tiny tangent and we'll get, well, I promise you guys we'll get right back. This is something it's really all about setting boundaries, right? That's what this kind of falls under. And this is something I've seen a lot in a lot of personal lives too. So just kind of remember that too, just a nice little tidbit of, of uh, emotional knowledge, I guess, here from the podcast is make sure you're setting proper boundaries for yourself too in your real life. If you've got friends, family, whatever, who are taking advantage like this and constantly kind of, you know, forcing you to work for free in this uh, bad analogy there, but it's the same idea. So totally cut toxic people out of your life. There you you've go. got an empire to build. Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> so now we can get to kind of one of the things we love and, and discuss um, all the time here, uh, both internally on the podcasts, on blogs. Um, it's a big part of what we've built into Service Monster. There are obviously other ways you can go about this. Let's talk re retention now. Client retention. I mean, staying in front of them, hitting them on the right beats. Um I usually like to uh, base this off last invoice date. That's when your target is going to be um, most beneficial. Yes, you can do regular newsletters. If you're creating that kind of content, you can either do it direct mail or email. So if you're good at you know writing blog posts or, or, or crafting a message that's interesting for your clients, that's certainly one way to do it. Um, the hardcore way to do it is give them a thank you and then from date of service, you're sending them a three month, not a reminder, not a request to do more work, but how about just a list of all the products and services that you offer? 
Because if it's one thing that we've learned is service providers are horrible about client retention strategies, number one. But number two, very closely related, very few of your clients understand all of the products and services you offer. If you're a carpet cleaner and they need their tile cleaned, they might not think of you if they don't know you. They'll call somebody else to get their tire clean, tile clean, and guess what? That dude does carpet cleaning. You're now out of a client. You didn't even realize it. So three-month reminder or a three-month communication tool to say, hey, you liked what we did before. Here's a list of all of our products and services should you need them. Six-month, this is a maybe a touch-up. Hey, it's been a while. If there's been any accumulated dirt spills or stains, if a bird crashed into your window, if you the kids ran by and flung mud on one side of your house, we'll come out and do a touch-up for you. Maybe that's a reduced cost just to keep you know the client happy, but... I know as a father, if I pay for carpet cleaning, okay, and then let's say six months later, my dog pukes on the rug, I'm pissed because now I don't have a dog. I have a $300 liability. I paid for that carpet cleaning. He ruined it. But if you call me up and say, I'll come by and take care of that. It's like 50 bucks. I'll hit that spot for you real quick. Won't take me more than a half an hour. I'm yours for life. You solved my problem. And now my dog's my dog again <laughs> till the next time he pukes. Uh, that's why we have farm dogs and not inside dogs. But um, <laughs> you just get the point. Uh, so, you know, it's important to maintain that communication. And then you can fall into your normal reminders, 9, 12, 18-month reminders. Hey, it's been nine months. It's been a year. It's been 18 months. Please, you know, for my sanity, for my honor, let me come back out and take care of that for you. Um, 15 month reminder, because you heard me skip it, right? 9, 12, 18 should be reminders. Your 15 month um, piece should be centered around the same thing the three month piece was. Hey, just a reminder of all these products and services that we offer. And then at 24 months, you should be delivering the message of we miss you. It's a dear John letter. You haven't written, you haven't called. I'm so sad. My heart aches for you. Please, let's let's do lunch. Call me again. Um, and that's it. That's the last time you really want to reach out during that client retention period. And the reason why two years is important, you can play with this number, but uh, you know, tile and grout and maybe air duct cleaning, you can go a little longer. But our data shows that after two years, the intrinsic value of that client has equal amount as a new prospect. So the chance of a client who used you 24 months ago coming back to you has the same likelihood of general population of acquiring a new lead and having them close. And so is it really worth the dollar value to continue to chase them? It can be argued uh, depending on the business model that you have. But you definitely want to cut it off at some point, right? You just don't want to keep pushing the dead air. So, um, so yeah, that's that's the cycle. So you got thank you, genuine give to give. You're not asking. Three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, eighteen, and twenty-four months from the service date. You want to be delivering these messages to your clients, and that will significantly improve your repeat rate. Yeah, when this was first uh, built, you know, the main focus was on 
carpet cleaners, you know, interior cleaning. And I've had this actual discussion with exterior cleaners. Well, the roof wash is more of a two-year thing, or so forth. Like if that, you guys are that's not really the the, the point. The idea is, you know, the time breakdown is going to differ slightly from industry to industry, and you guys are going to know best of of when that is to hit your clients. If it's a seasonal thing, you know, what kind of demographics you're working with, and so on and so forth. The important part is the actual actions that he's talking about and and when and making sure that you're hitting those. So just kind of one of those, if you guys roll your eyes a little bit at some of the the times, because I've had that discussion. So, yeah, but I mean, I think they're missing out on an opportunity. Like if you do roof washing and you want to grow, caveat, right? And so I do all the roof washing I want. Fine. Awesome. Not talking to you. Move on. Uh I'm I'm talking to the dude who's doing the roof washing and going, I want to grow this business. I want to get out of the roof. I want to get into the office. I want eventually put someone in my place so I can go sit on a beach. Then you're missing huge opportunities. Are you doing gutter cleaning? What about Christmas lights, right? Anything that requires and uses the equipment that you have that will turn a current client into more client, <laughs> buying more services. Um, so make sure you're, you're looking at all those opportunities, which then gives you a great way to contact your current clients. You have a built in audience. You hear all the time on social media, the gig economy, people gathering an audience and then figure out how to monetize it because they're looking for those clients who like their personality so much. They're willing to, you know, try things that they suggest or, or, uh, maybe they even have a product line that's direct, directly involved with the type of content they're creating. Um, and then you look for those clients who are not only willing to buy that, but maybe even the top tier stuff because they just really, really like you and they really, really believe in what you're doing. So you can, can create this ladder essentially, um, of ever increasing better clients who see value in what you're bringing them. Yeah. It's one of the best ways to increase the lifetime value of that customer. So the last bit, um, we had we had one discussion about this probably about a year ago ish. Um, it's one of my favorite clips actually. But the last one's talking about loyalty, so let's kind of dive into that. It's it's a step beyond retention. Yeah. So obviously retention, transactional, right? Do the job, leave. Everybody's happy, but everybody walks away. Uh, retention is you do the job, everyone's happy, and then you can continue to prompt, deliver content. Uh, re-engagement and then have them employ your services again. That's retention. That's nice. But then there's loyalty, building up such um, a demonstration of how much you care about them. No, you know, their dog name, right? They know the names of their dogs. Um, you, you remember the house and that weird little area that you had to work around. And, um, and that's being communicated to them in some small way that triggers this weird response like, wow, they really do care. Now, you have to really care. <laughs> so you can't fake this really uh, for any extended period of time. So take that aside. But as long as you really do care and you're communicating that caring to your client, that's going to start to build some fierce loyalty. Loyalty protects you from things like price increases. It protects you from the cheaper guy down the street. Uh, and sometimes it'll even protect you from COVID. 
again, we've seen maid services who got paid during the shutdown where they were unable to work because their clients didn't want to lose the spot on the schedule and they certainly didn't want their cleaner to go hungry. And so that is ultimate loyalty. So working hard to demonstrate that you care and you understand, it's just good business. And your CRM is going to go a long way for this because of course you can't memorize 1,200, 1,400, 2,500 clients and every sparky Dutch, Duke, Max, like whatever they name their dogs, right? So notes are a big, big deal. Memos are a big deal. Prompts, uh, alerts, that kind of stuff. Your CRM should be able to help you through all that. Yeah. And we, and we have, you know, custom fields. So if you have very specific things you want to track, um, I remember there was one that uh, I've helped a few people set up and it's just keeping track of the uh, children's names um, for, for the family. And it's really just kind of so that, you know, five years down the road, they can be, oh my gosh, and, you know, what college did Billy go to or so forth? It doesn't have to be anything crazy. You know, you don't have to dive into people's lives and, you know, stalk them on Facebook or something. It's just offhanded comments that happen with you or your technician on site. Boom, you can, you can write a quick note and it's in there. It doesn't hurt to stalk them on Facebook, though. <laughs> if they're doing I mean, social media kind of content, making themselves available, there's a lot of good info. I know our salespeople do it because they want to find out. Here's a real quick uh, story that helps prove this point. I was training, training a new salesperson. We were like, like just a year in. And I, so I coached them through going to their website before they made the call, kind of getting an idea about what the person's all about. Social media didn't exist back then. This is like 2004. <clears throat> and so he goes to this one page, uh, this one site, and he's looking around and these, it's a mom and pop shop, carpet cleaners out of Sacramento. I still remember the story because they're still great clients. Um, he's doing his walkthrough and he's about, I don't know, about a fourth of the way through. And he mentions their dog's name. Because this, this mom and pop had an entire page on their website dedicated to their dog. And as soon as he said their dog name, she said, that's it. I'm done. He's like, what? what? And I saw this deer in the headlights. He was kind of afraid. And she's like, no. Anybody who take the time to know us that well deserves my business. Here's my credit card. Done. He hung up the phone. He learned a very valuable lesson that day. Um, that's, uh, you know. James and, and uh, his wife are still great clients to this day for us. So um, paying attention, doing a little bit of stalking is okay. Don't be creepy about it, right? <laughs> like, don't mention their daughter's name or anything stupid. Like, but <laughs> but you, can, you can gain enough information that will help you understand who they are and demonstrate that empathy. Another thing that might help um, too, and we've talked about this a few times, um, is using service items so you can track those kind of really specific um, parts of the home. You know when they've been cleaned and what Joe has talked about, you know, being the master, understanding like you're the one who understands their home, like better than them. Like you, all that knowledge is on you. You've tracked it all. You know, they, they trust you then. It's going to help with that as well. So. I think um, not to toot our own horn or anything like that. We're actually, we're, we, we try not to do that too much. Toot, um, toot. Let's toot, toot it. Toot, let's toot <laughs> it. Um, one of the things to kind of remember when you guys are, you know, if you're not coming to Service Monster, if, I mean, you guys should definitely take a look at us if you're not. But um, if you're going somewhere else, you know, a lot of CRMs focus on the sales process almost entirely. Um, 
and you know it, it's the flashier side marketing and lead acquisition is always kind of that that fun oh my god we got one um you know it's that nice little kind of uh, feeling but it's like joe has said if, if your if your lead acquisition is phenomenal and your client retention is 15 percent repeat repeat business i mean it's only 15 percent you're going to be spending massive amounts of money to be maintaining that same level and you're not really growing because everything is just basically you know falling out the back end i'm sorry michael um but you, you you're losing all of that right and it's that's where the growth is because like joe said the very first sale you make is the least profitable so our data shows that if your repeat rate is not above 25 percent, you're spinning when your wheels and even at 25 percent, all you're doing is maintaining right you're gonna as a single owner operator at 25 percent, you're gonna get stuck about 250k max done that's it um of course we're talking about carpet cleaning window cleaning pressure washing your average invoice being around 250 bucks so different experiences depending on what that average invoice is. That's why it's so important to know it. But, you know, it's just about paying attention and, you know, making sure you're hitting all those beats and paying attention to the entire life cycle. Yeah. And so if you guys, you know, make sure that you have that, that retention piece, the marketing piece, all of those kind of follow-ups, make sure that, you know, if your serum doesn't have that, you know, take a look at one that does or you know, make sure you have some sort of third-party integration or something that's helping you along those lines. So, and to that end, we've got a pretty kick-ass screen to help you with this entire life cycle process, get everything done from leads, uh, chasing leads and closing deals and scheduling things to, um, you know, to, to, to that repeat rate, to that loyalty, those notes, and then really quick action. So Mary, why don't you take us through the, uh, account overview screen for us? Totally. Yeah. This is, ooh, and give me just one second. All right. Totally. Yeah. This is such a handy spot to get a quick glimpse at kind of what's going on with the account. Who are they? What work you've done with them? So right here, just at the top, we can see the account name, uh, the site address, as well as the account color coding, see where it is regionally compared to you. And this is color coded as well. So all of your residential accounts will have a blue band right here. If it's commercial, it will be green. Right down here, we can see the account type as well as if there's a balance on the account. And then under that, we see our account memo right away. So right when you hop in, you can see any notes that you've made on this account, such as awesome client or hard of hearing or anything that you'll want to see right away when you're about to give them a call or looking them up. Um, so then right along the left-hand side here, we can see their contact information, as well as just general information about, you know, the last time you worked with them, how much that invoice was, when they were added into the system, their lead source as well, and we can see our custom fields here as well. So again, right away, you can see the, that information that you've attached with the account. Uh, then on the right-hand side here, we can look at all of the orders that are currently active on the account, so unpaid invoices open work orders and estimates, as well as you can see your open activities, any contracts you have set up with them, and any reoccurring appointments. Uh, there's a lot that you can do right from here as well. You can record payments, uh, you can schedule orders, you can create new activities or new orders right from here or mark them as complete if needed. So this is just a super handy spot to get a quick look at everything that's going on and kind of quickly do work on an account. Yeah, and there's uh, another cool little trick too is on the right-hand side, that little kind of collapsible window, we have 
we have kind of the miniature version of the dashboard. So if you navigate away, you know, you can still have that. But if you open that back up and you toggle it to the news feed, you not only have, you know, your kind of long-term information about the, uh, the customer there, you have up to the second, essentially, what's been going on. So if you've got, you know, if someone in your office has been typing up some notes, made some changes, you know exactly what's happening in there. So there's multiple purposes for being in here, and you have all of that at a snap glance. So, Yeah, and that newsfeed, that is your customer lifecycle. It's every note, every transaction, every order, every payment, every appointment. And so it gives you a really thousand-foot view of the client and what they're all about. This screen allows you to do almost anything and know instantly, like, do they have a balance? Can I send them an email that has a payment link in it? Like everything that we just talked about, all those lifecycle steps, they can be accomplished from the screen. Yeah, it's something that Joe and I worked on. It's still relatively new. And so some of you guys are probably still learning some of the, the interesting things about it. We have help documentation on it. We wanted to show it here a little bit. But yeah, guys, if, if your first instinct when you came to this was like, oh, it's, it's new. Oh, my gosh, uh, I hate it. It, it. It's different. I mean, it's like, yeah, okay. You know, if you're, if you're in a routine, sometimes it's kind of a, a shock when, you know, something changes. But really take a look at this and kind of the actions you can do here and the information that it gives you. Um, and if there is something you feel like is missing, you know, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Believe me, it is never our intention to make your guys' lives harder. Our entire goal with everything that we do is to help you guys and to give this information. And, and, and you know, so you don't have to jump around the app and to find, all this info, to find what's pertinent to you on that particular phone call or in that moment. We want it to be this action center, so to speak. So, Very good. Thank you, Mary. Of course, yeah. So, yeah, I think kind of that sort of covers it as I, you know, stumble over my words. You know, words are difficult here. So um, I think we can kind of move into some service sponsor news. And we have some, some pretty interesting things that are coming out. We we missed our window by, by about a week with mobile. So I, I know Paul had mentioned something in, in Smug. And so if you guys are chomping at the bit for that, you know, do apologize. It's one of those things we want to make sure it's right. You know, we want it to get out as fast as possible. We never want to rush something. So um, but 1.3.5 is coming. Um, I do want to have a caveat. The release version number may change. Sometimes, you know, if we do a staggered release or, you know, something comes up, we we might bump that. We, we're essentially forced to do that when we release to mobile. But, yeah, those changes are coming. I've talked about them ad nauseum the last um, couple of podcasts. So I won't go too deep. You know, there's some basic tablet functionality. You know, in, all of you guys who have the keyboard attached, landscape view is going to work in tablet now. So, you guys can send your thank mail to uh, to Joe Kowalski. No, I'm no, just Ethan. Uh, send it to Ethan. Uh, well, I don't know if we want to give out Ethan's information. <laughs> 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 Got to keep that barrier. But uh, I know some of you guys have really been wanting that. It's not the full tablet release, so uh, you know don't don't expect you know massive changes. Scheduling we just wanted to give you guys pretty good though, right out of the box though. <laughs> yeah, no, there, there, it, it's much improved, much improved. So. Um, and there's a bunch of other small kind of little features. There's a, a contacts import, which I shouldn't say is a small feature. It's, you know, if you're someone new or if you want to just kind of grab your contacts in your phone and add them as accounts, boom, it's like a two minute process. You just bang, bang, two buttons, boom, you're, you're going. So, and there's a bunch of other kind of small uh, little either kind of 
touch-ups, uh, UI changes, or bug fixes. So be on the lookout for that. Um, wait, before we move move forward, because I, I had another um, one of our clients contacted me last night. So sorry to hit you directly and off hours, but my um, my people can't log in. I open up the app and it crashes immediately. So this is really rare, like to the point where I think we have tracked five clients total. Um, <clears throat> and I don't know iOS result, but I do know that every single time I've seen this on Android so far, an uninstall and reinstall fixes the issue. So try it on iOS too, not making any promises. But if you have that and you have not reached out to us, please call support and get in touch with Adam because we cannot recreate it. Even when we know of a specific company and a user and impersonate them and log in, it still isn't happening. So I have some suspicions as to what it is, but without logging and tracking, we can't identify it. And so if you're having this issue, please, please reach out. We would like to get you on a special pipeline where we can get you the next version before it's available. And while that might not fix it for you, it will give us um, diagnostic data to find the issue. So get in touch with support, get in touch with Adam if that's happening to you after you try the uninstall and reinstall. Um, my guess, it's a, it's a client-side caching issue, something on the phone that's in memory state. And, and of course, uninstalling the app clears that. So um, give that a shot. Yep. Well said, Joe. Um, on the desktop, we're, we're still a couple of weeks out before I want to kind of give a set release date. Um, but 6.5.3 is moving along nicely. Um, going to have the agent security role in dun, SM6. Dun, dun. So um, I know some of you who are listening are going to be super excited to hear that. Uh, there are some other features, which I'll keep kind of in the dark right now, so we have a little more hype uh, on our release time, but that is coming along. So the last one, I'm going to pass off to Michael here. Yeah, so the symposium. We've talked about it. Um, you probably have heard of it by now. If not, here you go. We're doing the Service Monster Cleaning Symposium 2020, December 10th, 11th, 12th, as Joe said. Um, right now, tickets are 50% off. Um, they're normally $99, only $49 right now. That is available until October 15th, um, which is one week from today when we're filming. I'm not sure when this will be out exactly, but um, just look. We're going to have deals. You probably just missed that opportunity. Maybe. <laughs> to be and, but, yeah. And, you know, um, but... If, if you did just miss that opportunity, we um, are still going to have some special offers available. So be on the lookout for that. Um, servicemonster.net slash symposium is the page. Of course, I'll link it in the show notes. Um, and I just wanted to highlight um, in the weeks leading up to the symposium, some of the amazing speakers and panelists that we um, have the honor of hosting for this event. Um, first one being Brandon Vaughn. Um, super well-known um, in the general cleaning service business industry um, from Automate Grossell and, and the Conquer Group. Um, Joe, you know a little more about um, his team is is going to be helping us out um, with some of the coaching as well, correct? Talk Massive, about that. yeah. So yeah. one of the things, <clears throat> we've got speakers, right? So we've got like 22 speakers lined up. We've got four panels. So we'll have a moderator and like um, three or four experts 
things from like cleaning in COVID. Um, I don't even remember all of the the panels that are there, but there's four great panels that you, you'll want to jump in on. Um, we'll have the exhibitor booths essentially that you can go chat with vendors and so forth. But in the exhibitor booth area, one thing that we're going to do is coaching rooms because the personal symposium that we did a few years ago, one of the, probably the best, um, talked about the most talked about best loved feature of that symposium were these roundtable discussions where we broke everybody up into smaller groups and a moderator that would facilitate the conversation, a coach, and, and we would focus fire on these businesses and have these other businesses help the coach kind of look at different things, you know, stuff that you don't talk to your employees about stuff that you might not even talk to your spouse about, you know, worries and concerns that you have in your business or, or things that you've been really struggling with personally. Um, and so we're creating that environment in the symposium, um, which will basically be virtual rooms that are, will be kept fairly small, um, but then have a coach that facilitates a, a discussion and one-on-one conversation and then supported by the rest of the, uh, the audience. And so Brandon and his team will be helping to man those coaching areas because he's got a team of incredible coaches. And so there'll be some service monster coaches, uh, myself included when I have the time, um, Brandon's team, um, and then a couple, uh, other experts from service monster. So, um, pretty excited by that. And then also Michelle from pink collars will be hosting in that event, uh, her fight club team, which is very similar, except it's four on one, right? There'll be four of them to one of your business and they'll tell you everything that you're doing wrong. <laughs> so if you have the introspection and thick skin to be able to deal with um, answering some really freaking hard questions, I would encourage you to join that room and you're going to get massive value at stuff that you'll be struggling with for a year. We still have people from the symposium. There's only 25 of them, 25 businesses, so 50 or so people. We still have people two years later going, oh my God, I can't, that, that completely changed my business. That completely changed my relationship with my father. That completely changed, um, my, my view on social media, right? So, um, these are life changing events. So yes, it's nice to go hang out and, uh, interact with people and listen to these amazing speakers. Um, but we want to bring as much impact as possible, which is part of the reason why it will not be recorded. You will not be able to see these speeches, these, these events, these vendors, these fight clubs, these coaching rooms after the fact, they'll be gone forever is volatile content. We're doing this on purpose to encourage live engagement. Otherwise, you know, it, it, these trade shows have just fallen. They're not good guys. They're not good. And we, we decided to bring back the symposium because we're the digital giants in this industry. So we might as well show the associations how to do a real freaking show in a virtual space. And then uh, they can spend a couple of years trying to catch up. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, the value is going to be huge. We're really focusing on, um, like Joe was saying, the social aspect, the community aspect of this, of, of not just sitting there watching some people talk and then on zoom calls and that's it. It's like the, the platform we're using has a lot of social features built in regarding posting things, chatting with people, doing group chats, even, um, and sharing, um, your, your business tips and stories. Um, cause going into that as well, um, a few of the other people that are going to be speaking there, um, Eric and Larry from blue collar consulting morning tech meeting, um, they're going to be doing a panel 
um, with Bill Yeadon, Dan Udi. Am I pronouncing his name right? I think. I don't know. Um, and Bruce, uh, how do you pronounce Bruce's last name? Deloche. Yeah. Deloche. Bruce Deloche. Um, they're all going to be on a panel discussing um, why working on yourself is the only path to building a great business. Um, Carrie Knight is going to be there as well. She's going to be doing a presentation on three ways to grow any business. Um, and her goal with that is after her presentation, um, that each attendee will actually have a plan on how they can immediately grow their business using the strategies that she's teaching. She's not just talking at you. It's like actually real content that you can take and apply to your business. Um, and Toby Clem is going to be speaking as well. Um, and his, uh, speech is going to be based around implementing a CRM. Actually, um, he said he's going to be using a service monster being the obvious choice. Thank he you, Toby. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Cause he uses us. So hopefully he talks about, uh, I mean, service it is monster. a service. It is, it yeah. is, it is the one, uh, one place where we flex, right? No other yeah. CRM. Yep, exactly. Uh, yeah, he's going to be walking through like how to pick the right CRM, looking at Service Monster specifically, um, but just looking how to like automate things, how to get um, different tasks um, into your CRM, how to um, just kind of kind of systematize your business through uh, CRM software. So in the coming podcasts, we'll be highlighting more speakers and panels and kind of what's going on because we want to give you guys as much um, information beforehand um, so you know what to expect because it's going to be super fun. Um, like I said, December 10th, 11th, and 12th. And the link, servicemonster.net slash symposium, I'll post it in the show notes as well. Um, get on it soon. Um, if, you're, if you're thinking about joining, the sooner the better because um, we're using Attendify as the kind of the communication platform. And when you buy your ticket, you'll be able to join the service monster event immediately. And so I know there's still, you know, a couple months before the event, a month and a half. <clears throat> or no, I say a couple months. Um it's the 8th today. So um you can get into that platform and we're doing things in there that we're not doing anywhere else, like exclusive content, some behind the scenes stuff, you might get to see my goats and my dog, like, you know. So uh come participate and I'm going to encourage the speakers to be jumping in there as well so that you can then engage them even beforehand. So very cool stuff. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Um, I guess kind of moving on, we got uh, a nice kind of sports related entree joke post here for you guys who are guys and gals who are into uh, the sporting world. Um, kind of talk about training, right? So Here's the quote. As an athlete, being explosive is the key to high performance. Whether you're lifting, playing baseball, football, etc., the list goes on. All of the training, all the preparation, all the focus, coming down to that one perfect moment of explosive execution. That's where everything comes together. Are you executing with explosive force in your business? Are you being intentional, trained, focused? Sometimes all the whiteboard strategy, all the pontifications, all the beer borough conversations, they all have to be left by the wayside. Take a breath, focus, then execute with explosive power. Entre Joe. So what was kind of like, what, what brought that to mind, Joe? And, and what are you kind of talking about here? I think I was deadlifting when I wrote that one. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, new PR. <laughs> um, it, you know, it, opportunity and preparation, when those two meet, 
that's where all the magic happens, all of it. Because you can be as prepped as you want, but if the opportunity never comes or you don't seek it out and then take advantage of it, then the preparation's for not. Like you can, <clears throat> okay, I'm never going to be an Olympic lifter, right? That's not why I lift. Uh, so the analogy is a little fuzzy. Um, but if you really want to execute in your business, then practice and training is essential for being able to take advantage when the opportunity comes. The opportunity sometimes will be luck. Sometimes will be a result of other preparation. Like Michael and I don't think it's luck when leads show up, <laughs> right? Because we talk about it a lot. We spend a huge amount of time, effort, and energy. We practice. We join social media platforms that will have no intention of building businesses on just to make sure that we understand them. Like we, we train. And then when we execute, we get great results. Um, you can't just go out at cold. So you got to warm up. You got to do the mental exercise. You've got to, you know, get that focus hitting a, a, 85 mile an hour fastball at 60 feet, six inches with a big ass wooden bat is not easy. The bat and the ball are both round. You do the physics on that. The amount of surface area that you have, the degree of error is ridiculous. But even in baseball, a 300, three out of 10 is exceptional, right? So you got to take those swings. Um, I've said it before, like you got people who play it safe. Don't really try that hard because they're afraid of losing. And so they'll, they'll only go for the ones they know they can win. So yeah, they may be three for three, hundred percent, but I'll still take my six for 10 and my four losses any day. Right. So, um, it's that mindset of just knowing that you're never done. You're never resting. You're always training. You're always learning. You're always figuring out, uh, where the weakest link is and then working on that. And like Michael said, and like what's going to happen at the, uh, the Larry's and Eric's, um, panel. I mean, you gotta, you've got to work on yourself if you're going to build a great business. Well said. So I think we'll kind of close things off here with a couple of smug posts. Um, the first one is, this has come up a few times. Uh, it probably comes up every six weeks or so, and there's going to be a few changes coming um, in, in the future. But uh, Joel asks, anyone else having incorrect route totals being displayed in Schedule 2.0? And this was a feature, I think it's about three years. It was added to SM6. Um, I know it was a big thing that the sales team had wanted. And there's always something that comes from this and so we have kind of just wanted to take this opportunity to explain to you guys how the route totals work currently um, and there will be some you know things that we're going to be adding to that so um joe do you want to take this one or do you want me to go through it no i i, I can touch on it um okay it's it is frustrating though when people assume broken versus lack of understanding it's broken sometimes like <laughs> granted I'll, I'll eat that um, but sometimes it's just like, how much time did Service Monster spend thinking about this? And how many brilliant people did they have around the table? And how many, how much feedback did we get from our clients? And the answer to that question is all of it. Whatever we could get as we're building these features out. 
when we first released the feature, um, we have a very kind of a strict production code that says is that if it's not easy to explain, we probably shouldn't approach it that way. And this landed in this area. And the first attempt following that, not having the data, but following that guideline told us just add up everything on the route, which is what you guys expect. That's wrong. And so um, we were we were coached by our clients at scale that said, why do you have estimates in here? That's not money I'm going to make that day. Why do you have the full amount of the order when the um, when there's two appointments spanning two days? That's not fair. Like I didn't make that money. And so we took great care to approach the next algorithm, which kind of goes like this. Um, if the job or if the appointment is an estimate, we don't count it. Okay. Regardless of the order type, by the way. So the appointment itself marked as an estimate will not add that orders totals to the route summary. We also do a little algorithm where we determine how much can we apply to each appointment. If you've got a $300 order and there's two appointments across two days, each job will be responsible or each appointment will be responsible for 150 bucks. And so that's the amount that will be applied to your route total. So there's two maybe not so obvious cases where the total might be different than what's in your head. And we've had this a lot. People come up and go, this is totally screwed up. And we'll go look and we'll be like, well, this order is split in half. And they go, oh, that makes a lot of sense. But the first thing is like, you guys totally screwed up. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe not though. Maybe it's just a lack of understanding. Again, hard. Uh, we don't want to make assumptions. We want things to be easy, but more than that, we want them to be accurate so that you can make intelligent business decisions. We have talked about adding a configuration screen to the scheduling option so you can decide that. Should we break them up per appointment? Should we include estimate order types? Should we include estimate appointment types? Um, and so eventually we'll put that calculation in your hands and let you decide what you want to do. Perfectly said. Uh, the next one um, is from Matt, and he is redoing his entire website, uh, which is great. I'm uh, actually kind of want to. I'm curious. Yeah, I kind of want to go take a peek. Um, it's just about wrapped up. The last touch is adding their uh, get a quote, which we just talked about. You know, having that action um, form to dump the info into Service Monster as a lead via Zapier. Um, said that they've done this before for other CRMs. Just want to, what info do they need to, pro to provide? So kind of let's just chat about the options. Well, actually, you know, interesting enough, we kind of mentioned them before, but why don't you just mention again, Joe, what are the options that a user has when they are in this situation? Yeah, so um, I'll do easiest and most difficult, maybe even mo most costly. So the easiest first step uh, is not automation. I wouldn't necessarily suggest it unless you don't know how many leads you're going to get and you suspect it's going to be a really small number because the very, very easiest way is to create a form on your website that then just emails on submit the data of the form. Um, 
that's easy. You can Google that anywhere. Your your webmaster should be able to whip that up in 10 minutes. And if they can't find a new webmaster, um, you have a form and you just email it. Like It's not hard. Um, it actually requires no code, to be honest. So that's step one. That just gives you an email, though. It doesn't tie into your CRM. You're going to have to do double data entry. Um, your CR, your your email might not be the best way to ping you. Um, the next best way and in e- next easiest way is to put either a button or a pre-created web form from Service Monster. You can find this in the marketplace. It's a free service, marketplace, and then go to web form. And you can choose some options. It could be a basic lead capture, name, address, phone number, maybe capture lead source. That's optional. From there, you can also add scheduling components so they can self-schedule and it'll block off times on your schedule that aren't available. It won't show them the job or anything, obviously, but not make it available for them to schedule. And so that's pretty easy because it's a copy and paste from the marketplace configuration within web forms and then pasting it somewhere on your Wix or WordPress or uh, I can't rem- I never remember what we use. What do we use, Michael? Webflow. Yeah. And we've done a lot of research on that and I love Webflow. The speed is incredible. It's much better than WordPress, much less tangled than WordPress. Michael's almost able to do almost anything. And if I hand him actual code, he's able to, to, to snap it in. So, um, Pretty cool stuff. We, we encourage you to check that those platforms out if you're looking at building or rebuilding your site. <clears throat> but you just take that snippet and paste it in. You can do it two ways. So the form shows up directly, which keeps them on your site. Or you could do it the way all of our competitors do it, because we offer you this option as well and put a button that takes them to our site. This is great for us because it helps with our SEO, which is why our competitors only offer this solution. But as always, we want this experience to be about you, not us. So you can do the button, help us. That'd be great. Or you could do the form, help you stay on the site. So that's second option. The third option is also still Service Monster exclusive, and it's through Zapier. This gives you almost unlimited potential um, because you can do some really crazy stuff. I've referenced it before. I'll do it again. We have a client who's been learning how to code for the last couple of years and he hooked the damn thing up to Alexa. So you could be like Alexa while you're shaving in the morning. I need to schedule a carpet cleaning. Oh, I have one. Here's the carpet cleaner. When would you like to schedule it? And that shit will go right into service monster. So Zapier is incredible. Um, and of course you can do the base stuff too, like create a form from like ninja forms or something, and then take that data and then ship it to your CRM. Michael has been in love with Zapier since I introduced it to him about a year and a half ago. Now we're hooking up to all kinds of stuff. It's there's data flying through Zapier with all kinds of crazy. Um, and it's good, easy to troubleshoot too. Once you kind of understand the platform, I will say it's built for the average person who doesn't fear technology and understands data. It's not necessarily just for developers, although developers obviously can figure it out. You don't need to be a developer to do this though, or figure it out. It does require some brain cycles though. If if you're intimidated by that stuff, Zapier might not be your best choice. So that's three. Those are all service monster exclusives, right? And then within the marketplace, we have companies like Fiddlebug 
Responsibid, nice job. They have the ability to, especially a program like uh, Responsibid, has the ability to kind of do a whole automated sales process. With you could include videos, and they can be picking services, you know, that then transport to Service Monster and build an order for you. So those are the four ways that you can integrate your site into your CRM directly within Service Monster. Um, most CRMs have some level of this, okay? Again, they'll make it for their best interest often, though, like the button and not a form. Um, maybe they're in Zapier, but their zaps are limited compared to what we have because we have a very extensive library. Um and their third-party vendors are a question mark who they hook up to. But, you know, a number of them hook up to response a bit and nice job. So those are all ways that you can approach that capture. Yeah, and the nice thing, I'm going to I'm gonna throw Broadly in there too just because I don't want Michael to hate mail. Yeah, um, no, I'm sorry. I forgot about Broadly. But, My bad. But, uh, sorry. Broadly and nice job, and, and there's a few others in the marketplace as well. The other thing that they'll help you do is um, – you can build an actual website. You can have them build your website for them. So if you've listened to all of this and you're like, oh, I don't want to deal with any of that, um, that, that is an option there too. So, um, so there you go. Well said, Joe. Um, the last one here is from uh, Vincent. Uh, they had a couple of old accounts that had a balance uh, that they were going to just write off. And then he kind of asked the, the community, and I'm sure you guys kind of see a theme we always like when when the community kind of bands together and, and kind of discusses best practices and things like that. It's a great way for you guys to learn new ideas, new skills, new processes. So, um, But they, uh, Vincent was asking kind of what, what are the best practices to write off that he had a contractor that went bankrupt, so they're never going to see that money, um, and they just don't want to keep an open balance on the account. And so there were a few options, and we just kind of wanted to go through them and then kind of list you know, what we think is sort of the best practice, um, and it's going to be based on likely your industry, your you know, account setup, and so forth. So the first one, just point blank, just void the invoice. You can, uh, you, you can just void the invoice. It's not going to be the end of the world necessarily, especially if you didn't collect any money off of it. Um, but if you go that route, make sure that you write something in that memo explaining what happened, because you're not going to remember three months from, I mean, we've all done that, right? Like you, you cross something off and you come back, you're like, I did this for a reason. I don't remember what it was. So kind of an important thing uh, to, to, to note there. Um, Toby expanded on that, um, just saying that kind of, you know, hey, if you, if you if you invoice, and he's the one who mentioned kind of the note, and then that way they're able to kind of work through it. Mary jumped in, and the way that they approach it is rather than voiding the invoice, what they do is they actually have a line item that they created. Um, I don't know if they have it split between write-off and other instances, if they create a new one on the fly or what she didn't mention. But basically, they use that line item on the order to write off a portion of the balance. Um, again, this is only going to be if you've collected a portion, right? Maybe a deposit, something like that. You could use um, this to zero it out, though, too, because you exactly. can have a service dedicated to write off so you can report on it and figure out what that bucket looks like. And that's actually why this is the, kind of the stronger. It's easier to look up that write off amount um, without having to dig through a bunch of voided orders. So, um, 
that's kind of what I was leading up to is just kind of like, if you have these discussions, you know, other users can learn about some of these, you know, nicer practices. So all of these smug kind of champs who are, you know, partake in these conversations, you know, keep it up. Please Definitely do. appreciate it. It reminds me of a story though, because they're, you know, I might not void them as quickly as some others. Don't void it if you haven't sent them a text. Don't void it if you haven't sent them an email with a payment link. Like, don't void them if you haven't made three phone calls. Like, where's my money? Seriously, like, where's my money? Like, be nice at first, but maybe not as nice as you time moves forward, right? You did a job. You deserve to get paid. <clears throat> we had a client a little while ago who freaking out. They um, let go their office manager and they weren't paying attention to the book. So now let go of the office. This might sound familiar to many of you. Let go of the office manager. Then suddenly you're stuck with having to learn everything the office manager was doing. And you weren't paying attention to Service Monster so much. Maybe the reports and dashboards, but not the day to day. Um, and you're a little lost. So this individual called up because they were literally flipping out that he had $120,000 in accounts receivable. She was not collecting and he didn't know. And I'm like, well, first of all, you, you're not looking at your numbers on a day to day basis. If you don't know that, like I, I can feel the pee in the mattress with my dashboard and I'll call up and be like, what's going on, Eric? Cause Eric's our uh, CFO. What's going on with this? And he'll be like, dude, that was like 10 minutes ago. Like, yeah, I still need an explanation. Like, so, um, so paying attention to your numbers will help avoid this, but he wasn't. Fair enough. Office manager left. Great. Not going after collections. Shitload and accounts receivable. What did he do? Uh, how about just craft an email and ask for payment and send that out at scale and then do that every three days? And I think within a week, he had collected 70, 75% of the balance. Now, obviously, some of it's going to be gone forever. It's just aged out and you're not going to get them reengaged. Um, but obviously don't do work from them again, right? This individual didn't even know whether or not they should be doing work for the, for the person because he didn't know whether they had paid their previous bill. So we helped walk him off the ledge and obviously service monster paid for itself on that day, uh, when they were able to collect like a hundred thousand dollars plus in backdated stuff with a couple clicks of a button. But this is kind of the stuff you pay attention to the life cycle of a client. You pay attention to what your people are doing, you know, what those employees are, are really doing with that time. You've got accountability, but you also know what's going on. And so, um, yeah, using these tools and leveraging these tools will just make your life a lot easier and get that bank account flush a lot faster. Um, just, it's just good practice. Well said. That's all I got for you, Joe. Very good. Well, thank you, everybody, so much for your attention. Uh, we've gotten some great feedback recently. We'd like to keep that going. Leave comments for us in a YouTube channel. Send us a bit of encouragement. Ask questions. What would you like to see? We've got a decent format now, but without feedback, we're just guessing. So feel free to engage. Uh, if you haven't checked out Service Monster yet, please go do that. And if you haven't at least looked at what we're doing in the symposium, click on the link in the show notes and go check that out because I'm very excited. That is going to be an amazing show. And we've got 
gifts and prizes that we're going to be lining up and incredible main stage events. Just from a technology point of view, you should come watch because if we fall on our face, it's going to be spectacular. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be really, really like a show. Uh, But if we pull off what we're targeting, you'll never seen a live show like it. And especially those main stage events. So we're very excited. Go check those out until next time, everybody be safe.